Good afternoon, Dave. How are you? Uh, good. A little bit dusty. Mm, as am I. I think you are as well. Yeah. But we're sitting in a nice brew pub. It's sunny outside. We can see the sun. We're not directly affected by the it sun. It must though. get warm in here, eh, on a real hot day? I think so. Yeah. Uh, far in a brew pub. Yeah. Uh, in Brunswick. Brunswick. So what, I don't know what the borders are. Yeah, I think it's technically Brunswick. Um, first time we've been here. Yeah. We've been wanting to come for a while. Unfortunately, they don't have... We wanted to come here and drink their Pilsner. Yeah. But they don't Not have any on at the moment, unfortunately. Bummer, hey? We've got an apple saison, which That's is yummy. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's a collab with Fair Ferments. Yeah. Or a cider co-op out of Goulburn Valley, I think. Yeah, I'm reading it right now, yeah. Yeah, it's yummy. It's not overly apple It's nice and saison-y. It's just there, yeah. Pretty good on a hot day. It's quite dry. Yeah. Probably drier than it seems because of the... Apple juice, I would think. Hmm. It's been happening, Dave. This is our first kind of show back, technically. Yeah, we had our Christmas Day Kiwi show, and mm. then we had our live extravaganza. Which was great. I had a good time. Such good fun. Really good. And people came. People did come. Uh, I think people got their money's worth, and that's all not not due to us at all. Uh, no, it's no. completely up to... The generosity of uh, such people like... Mike from Toe Hider, Stomping yep. Ground, uh, Moondog. Yep. And Three Goose Ravens. Island, Three oh, yeah, Ravens, Island. Hop Nation. Yep. Um, so I think, I mean, I was always pretty against doing live shows. Yes. Uh, but it was a lot of fun and people enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, so I think we'll probably do it again. Yeah, it came across pretty well. Uh, on the recording too, mm. um, and that's the that's what I was worried about. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think I don't know what we'll do if we get be more vigilant on repeating questions, maybe, or get a crowd mic. Yeah, crowd mic would probably be the way to go. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, yeah, it worked well in terms of the size and everything. We had a good amount of people. Just kind of was it a nice conversation. Yeah. Uh, and a few beers afterwards with everyone stuck around for a few drinks. Yeah, it was really was nice. nice. Yeah, good times. And heard some nice things to say as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, I had a, yeah, we'll definitely do it again. I think we might be doing one for Good Beer Week. But I don't know if that's confirmed yet. No, but the details <laughs> that we have so far is pretty exciting though. It might be a case of we'll find out when the guide comes out because I haven't actually heard back. Yeah, but right. anyway. What's the, when's the showcase? I've got that down to talk about, so let's talk about it now. All right. Uh, showcase is coming. Oh, you've simplified your uh, passcode swipe. Uh, yeah, I had to reset my phone. Right. Um, Why? Oh, it wasn't fast charging anymore. Oh, that's fancy right. fast charger. Me. Yeah. Uh, it turns out it wasn't the problem with, it was just one of the cables that I had was dodgy. Oh, okay. And one of the cables and one of the chargers, I think, mm. that I've just got. I had another one, so it's working fine now. Perfect. 22nd and 23rd okay. of March. Um. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll go along. It's always a good time. Yeah. Uh, should we record a show there? See how we go. Yeah. Um, and that obviously means Good Beer Week's coming up as well. Correct. I've had a sneaky look at some of the Ooh. the things that are happening for it. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's looks like it's going to be pretty fun. There's some really fun guests, some some couple of people that I'm really excited to meet. Uh, obviously, I can't say too much, but yeah, get excited. Uh, it's just always a good time. Definitely. I mean, it's the pinnacle of the beer calendar mm. every year, essentially. Mm. So, um, uh, Are we doing the tastings as well? 
throughout, and I think there might be a panel or two that I'm hosting. Cool. Uh, so the tastings, I think, are free. Where? At, at the uh, hub? Yeah, the hub. I'm not even sure where the hub is this year. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Huh. Did they announce that? Oh, I didn't see it. It might be announced. I better find out, otherwise I might go to the wrong place. This is informed beer content. Yeah, isn't it? Anyway. Okey-doke. Yeah, approaching fast. Yep. So Our we might find out about... Uh, yeah, it might be revealed to us in the guide if we're yeah. doing a show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what happened last year uh, when I opened it up and realised that I was doing more tastings than I thought I was. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> How was your, your Christmas period? It was really the first time we've... Yeah, it was hectic, but um, yeah, I just sort of did maybe four Christmas events in three days. Yep. I mean, obviously each event itself was good fun and enjoyable, but... Gee, I was sick of driving by the end of it and it was I was happy to see the back of it. How about you? It was good. Pretty low key. Um, had some nice beers. That's about it, really. Yeah, nice. Um, ate, ate a lot of really nice food. Yeah, that's the best part of it, isn't it? Uh, enjoyed checking out... Oh, yeah, really interesting moment in Dan Murphy's Shepparton, which is, you know, I've talked about it in the past. Sure. Stopping in there over whenever we're back. And... In the lead up to Christmas, there was obviously Pirate Life, Four Pines and Feral all selling up. And that's changed that Dan Murphy's experience. If you want to buy something independent, if you're looking for that, suddenly it's gone from, oh, cool, they've got Four Pines, mm-hmm. War, you know, Feral Warhog and know that I'm supporting an independent beer, to, yeah, suddenly it's a different looking shelf. Yeah, off. it's a different um, um, equation all of a sudden. Yeah. We've been, we still bought some Feral because it's uh, Warhog's, I think, Emma's favourite beer. Uh, we've still got some really good beers. Got some bloody Moo Brew. Can't go wrong with them. Yeah, those tins are real fun. Yep. Oh, yeah, two birds. Did you put that throw. beer in your top five? No, I didn't. Probably deserves more than it's going to get, I reckon. Yeah. I can't remember what my Gab's top five was. No, neither do I, actually. So that's come out. The Gab's Hottest 100 yeah. as well. A lot of, I don't know, a lot of whinging. A lot of that's what happens though, isn't it? Any list. Um, Bolter took it out. Yeah, yeah. They've. Uh, I can't think of what happened two years ago, but I don't know if they were around two years ago, were they? They weren't. No. Yeah, but they were peppering the podium yeah. last year, uh, and I mean the beers that I've had of theirs have all been bloody good. So yeah, uh, interesting list. Uh, a lot of pale ales, like it's pale ales. I had a look. There was 24 in 2015, 36, 2016, 38 in the last one. So yeah, That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It does seem that, I guess, the popularity of, of craft growing is people just buying pale ales as a result. Um, you know, people coming into the market and kind of finding that's that's what works for them, which is cool. That's, um, yeah, sure. A bit of exploration and then settling into something that you know you love. Yeah. It's interesting the lack of sour beers in there. I think there was one or two maybe. Right. And, you know, that everyone's saying that oh, sours are going to take off. And I guess we are seeing it in some way, but not. Sure. I mean, but I mean, sour taking, I mean, it's good sour beer takes time. Mm. Um, and I feel like you're to be successful in that um, list, you need to be have your beers around year-round or being released at the time of the um, submissions because mm. you forget. I mean, yeah. everyone forgets. I mean, unless you keep keep tabs on all your 
uh, untapped check-ins or whatever and you filter to your five stars or yeah. whatever your system is. Uh, I know, I mean, I had a good think about it, but I'm sure some beers didn't get a good chop because um, speaking of good chop, I certainly had chop in there. Yeah. Um, that's a great chop. Uh, yeah, because you forget about them. Yeah. Natural. I think I just do what I always what I've been doing the last couple of years and just thinking of the first five beers that come to mind. And maybe if I think I've got two IPAs, I might drop one out in favor of a different style. But yeah, that's about it, really. You know, I put in three Ravens Lager. Because it's a ripper. Yeah. I didn't have Juicy in there. And then I remember that our whole show about the awards, it was such a resounding favorite that I was like, oh, yeah, probably deserves to be in there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I really enjoy the Hottest 100. Hmm. I don't, I think it's just a fun. It's a fun experiment and it's a Probably fun exercise. Probably the biggest conversation generator of the year, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Maybe good beer week in total, but like concentrated into a over the three hours or whatever it takes to announce yeah. and then subsequent days. It's um it's massive. It's always the good stories about people that may or may not expect to get their beers in there and one of the kind of cool things as well is seeing regional when if a regional brewery gets up there or a smaller brewery gets up, you know, in the list their local paper will, you know, yeah. feature them and say, hey, you've top 100 beers and they're in there, uh, you know, and that's kind of cool advertising for them. Even, you know, Canberra Bent Spoke got a big article in the Canberra Times. Yeah, I read that actually. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of a, that's a fun, um, I guess, aspect of it, which I don't think people really think of is it gives breweries something tangible to say, hey, we were voted in here, you know, similar to medals. And I think people almost find medals a bit mysterious, you know. Definitely. Like, um, but this kind of is. Because there's so much like shenanigans around a lot of medals. Yeah, yeah. No one knows what the medals are. Yeah. Like what the body is that yeah, governs yeah. those medals. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the public vote is a tangible thing. Um, is anyone still sticking with like having medals as part of their yeah. like, labeling and packaging? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Huh. Um, it's definitely like an outdated uh, sort of practice, I would have yeah, thought. Yeah, some breweries will fudge it a lot. And I can't, I know there's a couple and I can't think of who they are. Um, I'd probably name and shame if I could remember who it was. Because they'll put like, you know, we've got a silver medal and they'll make it seem like it's a gold medal a gold, silver, bronze, only three beers got there. Yeah, right. Um, there's some really like questionable fudging of wording in there. And that's that's shady. And Definitely. I also don't like it. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before. When you pick up a beer, I picked up a New Zealand pale ale that had won a, a gold medal and it did not taste like a New Zealand pale ale. You know, I expected something clean and grassy and dry and fun. Turns out it medaled as an ESB. Um, right, yeah. Which okay. is not, you know, it is, I guess it's a pale ale. But I mean. But yeah, as, as like a new. customer, I feel like they know that they're brewing not really a New Zealand pale because they're, they're entering it as a different style. And I guess New Zealand pale isn't a style, but international pale or American pale sure. or whatever. They know that it's not that enough to enter it in a different category. So. At what point are they just tricking? True, and I mean, and I mean, the, the name New Zealand Pale. I mean, there's not too many um, more styles that describe what you'd expect yeah. based off the name, and then to to reinforce that with saying 
it's a winner as well. Yeah. It really enforces what you think the beer might be like. And Yeah. yeah. I remember just being so let down because I was like, yeah, I'm going to really enjoy this. Yeah, 100%. Brewery that I wasn't, I wasn't really that familiar with and thought it was going to be a fun yum, 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 New Zealand pale. Yeah. Do not dislike ESB, but. You know, I mean, yeah, you feel like a ESB at certain times. You feel like a... It's like getting, you know, it looks like a bloody chocolate dessert and you have a bite and it's a steak. You're like, no, yeah. that's not what I really want. Yeah, you love a steak, Yeah, it wasn't what you were going for. Uh, and yeah, it was a good beer. I had a bottle of wine recently where I wasn't familiar with the... It was an Italian grape varietal that I wasn't familiar with and I assumed it was white. Okay. And when it came out, it was red. And I yeah, was like, okay. it was delicious. But yeah. I was like, I don't want this right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about Brewers Feast. All right. Uh, Brewers Feast happened. Yeah. That was fun. I really enjoyed it. I'd never been there before. Yeah. Oh, the to the convent. convent. Yeah. So, yeah, for people that don't know, it's a festival here in Melbourne. It's been going for two or three years. And it's just, I don't know, there's a few festivals that in my mind are just, I don't know what they are. They just happen a couple of times, oh, you know, once a year. And then I'm like, what the hell is that? No one talks about it and whatever. Uh, and that was one of those. Yeah. Uh, so they approached me in the lead up to do some sort of promotion in terms of we gave our some of our supporters some freebies to get in. Um, I hosted the dinner um, they did for the before it was rained out the actual festival because the festival was supposed to happen last year and that was rained out. Um, but they did a dinner which I hosted and that was a lot of fun, uh, really delicious dinner. And then I also did a master class on sour beers. Um, Abbotsford Convent here in Melbourne over two days really low key festival yeah. like only maybe not even a dozen breweries that's about right yeah, yeah. Um, and everyone had I guess you know their core range beers plus a couple of other fun things uh, I think it was festival beers yeah, it was in the, festival in, beers in the mould of Gabs yeah. um, I think everyone brewed something fun for the festival beers and there's live music um, there's a stage Mm-hmm. Really nice in the Abbotsford Convent, which I think a pretty got a pretty horrible history. Why? Because it was a convent. Right. And convents was where, was where you know, misbehaving teenage girls went when they got pregnant. Right. Um, and I think there's some pretty horrible abuse and things happening there. Fair enough. These days, it's a lot of fun. These days, it's a walk in the park. <laughs> um, yeah, beautiful a, location, though. Yeah, it's amazing. So nice. Yeah. They've had um, – I used to go to outdoor cinema there a couple of times. That was yeah, always really cool. That, yeah. And then – they have farmers markets, I think, one Sunday a month, and they're cool. Like, yeah, I bet. Is it in the same area? No, no. There's a lot. Of, so the farmers market's kind of around the front. Yeah. Part. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, there's a couple of restaurants and, and a bar in there, and um, yeah, it's a really cool area. We went for a little walk when we left, just down to the river. I don't even know which river it might be. Is it the Yarra? Or yeah, is it, it's the Yarra. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Like it was just it was a perfect day. Yeah. Just sort of sat down there and. Watch the day go by a little bit. It was nice, yeah. Yeah, but it was great. Did um, you enjoy any particular beers, or were you too busy getting ready for, ready for your uh, class? So the master class. Well, I wouldn't mind talking about that because sure. it was sour beer. Uh, we had a few people along that I think you know a few familiar faces, but also mm-hmm. people that hadn't ever had sour beer before or didn't really like sour beer or didn't know much about it. And a couple, of, uh, one of the couples that were there left. Um, they thanked me and asked where they could get sour beers from. That's exactly what you want to. Yeah, and they said, you know, oh, we we loved it and we really like like these are so interesting. What like how do I? What's my next step? What, uh, what did you showcase? What beers did you use? So we had three beers. Uh, one of them, uh, so I didn't call it sour beer. I called it barnyard barrels and funk. 
they gave myself an out there um, and fortunately I ended up using a Britannomyces uh, ferment from Watts, Watts River, River? Yep. Yeah. Um, on Oak. Uh, big shout out to them. They, they were really helpful. Um, ben from Watts River came along and helped out. Uh even at the point because we didn't have a volunteer helping because they were, they were, I think they were short on volunteers for, for whatever reason. Um, he poured beers for me uh, while I was chatting and then spoke a little bit about his beer as well. Um, really lovely oak ferment, um, Britannomyces beer. Also, uh, uh, on this day that I went, this Sunday, it was, um, it was very warm and sunny. Uh, and That is not ideal, is no, it? No, it's not, not perfect. Uh, and their blonde ale was just a ticket. In the, on the warm day. So they are ex-brewers from White Rabbit. Um, so they're in Hillsville. So when White Rabbit moved, they stayed on and they since launched. Um, I chatted to them about potentially us going up and doing a show there. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful um, part of the state too. Yeah. So I also had... Oh, should we Do you pause? want to have a pause? Yeah, for let's, let's take a quick break. Uh, there's some we'll be construction. Right Back. We're back. Hopefully the power tools have stopped. Yeah, I reckon like it's uh, subsided see, a little uh, bit. Yeah, so the Brewers Feast, the other two beers, so the, the Yes, Brett, you had that from Watts River. And then we had a Goza from Stomping Ground. Uh, I think it was Apricot. Uh, really tasty. Really tasty. And a oh Acid Head from uh, Hop Nation. Oh, yeah. Uh, all donated, so thank you to those guys for helping helping out with, with some beers. How's Acid Head? I haven't heard that one. It's not called Acid Head. It's called oh, okay. is it? No, it is called Acid Head. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's nice. It's a just a clean Pretty kettle clean. sour, yeah, uh, cool. dry hopped. Uh, I really, I it's a fun style. Uh, it's fun. It's interesting that that's almost becoming its own style now. Yeah, um, and, it's, uh, and it should, if not for the purpose of eliminating poor naming structure around those kinds of beers. In what way? Calling it. Blend of ice or whatever. Blend of ice, sours, evocative names that don't really uh, yeah. explain properly what the beer is going to taste like. Yeah. So, yeah, hoppy kettle sour. That works for me. Yeah. HKS. Doesn't really flow, but. No, no. I bet IPA didn't flow back in the. Good point. In the late 1800s or whenever. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> don't at me about IPA. I don't care. Yeah, Bruce Peace as a whole. I, I'm actually. Love to go back next year. I, yeah, really I think enjoyed for it. sure. Yeah, um, really enjoyable. Good vibes. Definitely good vibes. And a couple of good beers I enjoyed there too. I, th- I feel like every brewery had something fun. Something, some peach beer that uh, Stonewood had. That was good fun. Oh yeah, I didn't it see that. It was like their um, what, what's it called? Their forager gatherer. Oh yeah, no, I had that. Yeah, yeah, I think um, that was the one the that was gatherer. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Lovely that beer, that. isn't it? Yeah, they sent me a bottle of that and just so enjoyable. Mm. Just like really well balanced, enough fruit, enough easy drinking. Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was real good. Um, the double hop culture from Mornington Peninsula. Yeah, I didn't see that. That's fun. It's like it was almost like it's designed for us in the sense that we kept asking for double pale from little creatures. Yep. It's like taking something good and just doubling it. Yeah. It yep. was clean. It was big. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, fun. 
Um, what else did I like there? Can't remember. Yeah, the What's River blonde I really enjoyed. Yep. I wish I could remember. Co-conspirators had a Goza there, which people oh, really yeah, liked. Oh, yeah, the wheelman, yeah, um, the raspberry or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Goza, yeah. So Emma's mum, my girlfriend's mum, uh, she is 60, I think. At Christmas time, we I had a beer from Molly Rose, which is a new brewery, which I'll talk about a bit more about in a sec, but it was a soured with strawberries, uh, kettle sour. Uh, no, not kettle sour, sorry. Lacto in the barrel with strawberries. Uh, really light and easy drinking. We had that for Christmas lunch with some cured salmon, uh, like beetroot and vodka cured salmon. Sounds perfect. Oh, glorious. And then her mum came along to the tasting we did, the sour tasting. She likes sour beer now. Yeah, good on She's her. into it. That's um, good. She, and, and the bread as well, the, the non-sour, the funky one. She was also into that. So, uh, yeah, that was fun. It's a pretty strong... Um preconception ingrained in everyone about what beer is so when you can lead people away from that a little bit if you can put someone a strawberry beautiful looking strawberry beer and the the labels from molly rose are yeah, stunning really nice yeah um designed by damien um previous what? guest yeah i can't remember his last name sorry damien yeah. uh previous guest um so they look just gorgeous so he's he did the fixation labels Stone and Wood, I think he's worked on their branding and stuff. And then um, James Squire branding was kind of, he was part of that. So he's done a lot of beer branding. But I think this is a bit of a departure from his other branding. Um, and this is just gorgeous. Um, not saying the other ones are bad. No, but it's very a, classy, very nice. Yeah. Though, yeah. Uh, so Molly Rose, I caught up with Nick from Molly Rose yesterday. Uh, so he, I did a short story on the blog about him a, about a year or so ago, um, he was off around the world to, to learn about beer. And now he's back and he's brewing at his girlfriend's winery um, in the Strathbogie Ranges. And he's launched with three, like a supporters, a foundation pack, they called. Uh, and it's three beers. We're all sold out now. Um, there was an IPA, a strawberry sour and a black lager, Japanese black lager. So kind of influenced by Japan, but there's a little bit of smoke in there and it was gorgeous, so so well balanced. Um, he plans to – he'd love to open a brew pub. Uh, he hasn't got a, a deadline for that – or sorry, an ETA for that, but he's working on it. Um, he's got three more beers to come out in another pack and he's also about to put beers into Black Arts and Sparrows here in Melbourne uh, and I think Mr. West in Footscray is going to get some. Fun. Um, maybe a couple of other places – and it's going to be a saison that's uh, got some Britannomyces barrel aged. I think it's barrel. No, it's not barreled. Maybe it is. I can't remember. Uh, influenced by Orville and Duranka and um, yeah, just those kind of those hoppy Belgian sort of Britannomyces. Or it sounds like good fun. Yeah, um, and he's designed it to basically be hoppy and fun when fresh, and then as it ages, the Britannomyces and the yeast will build their own character. Uh, really interesting to see what he's up to. So he used to brew at Stone and Wood and he used to brew at Holgate. So right. Hop Tart at Holgate, well, I think, was his kind of concept um, and his recipe at the start. How so was the IPA? Delicious. Uh, and when he opens the brew pub, he wants to really focus on the San Diego style, West Coast IPAs. Uh, I think he mentioned a couple of your favorites, Society. Yeah. Um, around there. He, that kind of really dry, really clean. So often emulated and so rarely executed the same way. Yeah. 
speaking to him about it, he really wants to nail that West Coast just, you know, boozy but hidden, um, really tasty, clean, dry style. Oh, that's so, very promising. Yeah, um, really nice guy. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with Molly Rose. Uh, <clears throat> it is cool to see people, you know, there are more and more brewery, breweries coming into market and not doing just pale ales or whatever. Yeah. Um, we talked about pale ale being super successful. Yeah. but I think the uh, the rise of pale ale uh, reaching more people allows people like the Molly Rose to not do it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It let, it, they become the thin end of the wedge. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and he, can, he do, can do what he wants to do. Exactly right. Um, yeah, keep an eye out for, for his beers. Uh, check out. I think he will do some online sales as well. But um, I think this, the strawberry one's going to go into bottle shops as well. Yeah, so, right. So, That's fine. Yeah. Um, and perhaps our Patreons can stay tuned as well. Yeah, Patreon, Ooh. we might be getting something from him for the top tier Patreon crew, um, which is a $20 a month crew. So we uh, another Patreon thing we've just done. Uh, if you haven't checked out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Isle of Time. We just got our first bespoke beer, I guess. Not a collaboration as such, but a, um, yeah. a blend put together by... Tofa from Wildflower, uh, with the instruction to do something kind of weird. It was weird. Yeah, I haven't um, had one yet. So Chardonnay barrel uh, that was freshly emptied and he put just some clean wort into it. Uh, wild ferment for Chardonnay, clean wort went into that. And he said it didn't pick up too many funky characters. So it was kind of oaky. And then he also has one of his first sort of mother barrels, so cultured yeast, uh, wild yeast cultured up and to be a really funky sour barrel. And he basically did 50-50 blend of those two uh, barrels. And then, so that's gone out to our Patreon guys. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, the people that paid $20 a month uh, got two bottles. Yeah. Uh, there was less than 50 bottles available. All gone now. Uh, so hopefully, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you managed to get, get your hands on some. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried mine last night and it was really dry, really oaky, really fun. Unusual um, in, in the fun, pot, the funnest way. Yeah, nice. I'm pretty keen to try mine. Yeah, I'd love to do more of those things. I don't. Definitely. I guess I don't want to make it collaborations as such, but I want to give brewers the chance to do something they couldn't normally sell. Yeah, it's funny. Collaborations almost a hacky word and yeah. a hacky concept, but we want to do stuff to try and bring some fun stuff to people that are supporting us anyway. So yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll call them we'll, supporters beers rather than yeah, and it really rolls off the tongue. Supporters beers. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you so much to Topher as well. Oh for, yeah, um, so keen and uh, just interested in because he didn't hesitate. Yeah, when we approached him about it. So, so the initial plan, which I kind of want to talk about, because I kind of want to do this one day, was to somehow get the top tier Patreons to decide on the blend. Yeah, so doing it over Skype or getting them to have their own choice of blend blended live for them uh practicalities of that are terrible yeah, but it wasn't gonna so lindemans in belgium did it for an event recently where they had three barrels and people could mix and match their own blend from the three barrels three uh lambic barrels make their own gears and hand bottle it themselves label it themselves that's and great then, uh i'd love to do something like that uh i don't think it's possible unless someone we're looking um, at you, Lindemans. Yeah. 
Lindemans, get at us. Hey, Frank Boone, if you're listening, just you, you got so much lambic. Come on, FB. Yeah. Sort us out. <laughs> um, yeah. I, if we do more of those, it's definitely going to be fun and weird and unusual. Yeah, it'll be exciting. I've got my eye on a barrel at a brewery that I'm going to try and twist their arm to let us get our hands on. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, nice. Do you want to talk about Pirate Life a little bit? Sure. So, news came out this week after the sale of Pirate Life that the government, they've also got a government grant of $2 million. This, they applied for the grant pre-sale. They probably knew the sale was happening yeah. when they applied for the grant. I don't know the timeline. Um, if I'm wrong, I apologise. There's been a lot of people very unhappy about that because CUB as a company didn't pay any corporate tax last year or last financial year. I don't think they have for a while. Um, they So people are like, so they got money from ABN Bev. That's not a bad thing. Yep. But that company doesn't pay any tax in Australia and now they're getting our tax to pay for their expansion. Uh, I'm admittedly conflicted because Pirate Life, is, as people listen, would know that we really like their beers. Yep. I had their Pilsner the other day and it was Probably the best beer I've had all year. Nice. Nelson Pilsner. It was glorious. <gasps> so good. Um, lovely guys. Make great beer. But I don't love the idea of that kind of money being thrown around at a brewery that isn't as such paying tax in that way. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You've stood up for this, Dave. I know. No, I'm just getting a little bit sore. Um, you know that they're going to be creating, I think they might have said 80, but... Yeah, 80 to 100 jobs. 80 to 100 jobs. Probably yeah. be closer to 100, you'd think. Yeah. Um, so you get it, but I'm sure there's a lot of the, Australian uh, businesses playing tax that probably applied for it and didn't get it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. I've spoken to brewers... Um, about this, I'm not going to say who they are, but there has been Glenn Harrison from Temple. <laughs> definitely not Glenn Harrison. <laughs> um, oh man, I hope people people get that joke. We're not just tipping a minute. The people are definitely divided on it. I've seen people saying the, the jobs aspect and what they have done to get hoppy beer into more hands has mm-hmm. been such a good thing for the industry and the result of them having more money will just further strengthen the industry. Yep. And I don't know if they're if they're planning to showcase other people's beers, but I know that they they are the kind of brewery that, that supports other breweries in many yeah, ways. I wonder if they've got any um, business requirement about that. Yeah. I wonder. I but, can't imagine that, that they'd be that thrilled showcasing other independents. I don't know. Hmm. But they, I mean, I guess they always support things. I'm sure Pirate Life wouldn't mind it. Yeah, Uh, as ABM Bev, yeah. No, I think they'll be okay with it. Uh, Maybe, I don't know. It's hard to say. Then then the other side of the coin is I've had people say, screw them. Uh, They don't need the money. They're not paying tax. So, I mean, they are paying tax. Let's... I don't want to defame anyone, but there's that whole corporate tax issue. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I guess that's a hot button issue for some brewers that are like, you know, we work our ass off and we're not getting those perks. But Pirate Life work their ass off to get where they are. So it's a tough one. Definitely complex, but yeah. 
It would you, make- you, at least you know it's going to further uh, better beer in Port Adelaide. And- well, that's the thing. Like what – I guess as the industry, what do we want? Do we want better beer everywhere? Then, yeah, probably. That's – I think 10 years ago was the dream for the industry and that's starting to happen, you know, whether or not you agree with how that's happening – I guess the good thing is... It is happening though, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, what do they say? All high tide gathers no moss, I think yeah. it's a famous saying. Yeah. So hopefully their moss gathers highly. Mm, exactly. Winston um, Churchill said that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. The famous famous Winston Churchill. Yeah, that, that Pilsner was really good. Yeah, I was a little bit annoyed when you texted me because I wish I had it myself, yeah. Mm. Look at us, it's the Pilsner Dorks. <laughs> Hashtag Pilsner Dorks. Hashtag that when you listen to this. And tell Please us about do. your favourite Pilsners. Anything else to add about Pirate Life? No, I think it's all been said, hasn't it? Uh, one final thing before we do a wrap up. Sure. I finished my book. Nice. Almost, kind of. Okay. <laughs> Most of the copy's done. Uh, a lot of back and forth with the editor. I think we're on good terms. <laughs> I am really for, I am really thankful for, for the editing she did. The book is so much better for, for the work that she's done on it. That's awesome. The book, I'm, I'm really happy with it. It'll be out in August, so please buy a copy if you're listening. Uh, it'll be make a great gift to the non-beer lover in your life. Uh, also, it'll be a fun read if you are a... a yeah, exactly. A um, I've, there are 150 breweries in there that there's a little bit of a story about every brewery. Um, I talk about two beers. I also talk about a lot about food matching in there as well. So every beer has three suggested food pairings and... One of them I expand a, lot, a little bit on to tell you why I think it is a good food pairing. Uh, some of them are really esoteric. I've tried to avoid cliches. So I've tried How to much avoid pork belly have you put in there? Maybe two. Two, right. Uh, or maybe I've done one pork belly and one pork shoulder roast or something. Uh, um, I've really tried to uh, – obviously the barley wines I've probably put stilton cheese. Because I've tried to do like one entree, one main and one dessert. Okay. Uh, so cheese – was you know the entree in a lot of cases, oysters things like that are you know they pop up. But tried to make it, you know, oysters with vinaigrette for some beers or lime with a different beer. Some of the food pairings I went back and looked after, like when we were editing it. After, I was like, what? Why did I put that? That's stupid. <laughs> and I've changed them. No man, brown ale and M and M's. Yeah, it's good. Well, yeah. well, that would work. Yeah, yeah. brown ale and Skittles <laughs> would not work. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of fun. Different approach to doing a beer book, and that's it was challenging to do in that regard because uh, we're not. I've tried to avoid going down the style path too much. Yeah, the format of the book, uh, as you've explained to me, is great. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, so we're still taking photos for it as well. So all the, most of the photos, if not all of them, we done by me. So yeah, I think it's going to be that's a fun exciting. one out in August. Nice. We should have a big party for that. Yeah, definitely. Don't know what or where, but we'll figure it out. I think also people are going to be interested by some of the exclusions and inclusions. Right. I've included some strange beers that people might not expect to see in there. Okay. My editor questioned me on a few. She's like, I wouldn't buy this beer based on what you've said. Okay. Uh, so I had to rewrite it to justify it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, check it out. Do we want to come back? Oh, she wanted to just mention this IPA that we're Oh, I was just about to suggest the same thing. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, Pine Citrus IPA, Close Quarters IPA. Uh, it's yummy. Really good. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Although one of the boards says 5.8%, the other one says 
six percent. Are they different beers? Maybe mm, no, same oh, name. Okay, uh, really tasty. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I really like it. Really impressed with both the beers we've had here. Yeah, so am I. Even though I was exp- hoping for Pilsner. Yeah, uh, that that four percent Pilsner looks. Oh, look at look outside. That says Pilsner to me. I went drinking IPA. It's still delicious though. Yeah. These guys, uh, I guess people that don't know, they, I think the the founder is Czech. They actually got a, a brewer who's Czech Republic to come out and sort of work on the system and work on the the first recipes for the the pilsners so uh they i think they decoction mash so the traditional techniques um and yeah it's and then they're also obviously doing ipas and things as well yeah. so so what do we got on tap at the moment there was an apple saison uh, which was the um collab with fair ferments this ipa which is better than good yeah i could drink both that yeah. both of these all day really happily um and then yeah, there's 100%. a black IPA. Yeah. Uh, which maybe I'll give it a go. It's a tough sell for me these days, a black IPA. Yeah, true. But in the interest of uh, trying a new place that we're keen on, we'll yeah. maybe give it a go. Oh, can I give a quick shout out to a couple other places I've visited recently? Fury and Sun, Keelor Park here in Melbourne. If you're not, if you don't live around the area, it's not that easy to get to. But uh, how would you get there? Uh, I did double Bu- bus. Buses. Bus, yeah, bus. Okay. Uh, or drive, obviously, or that's probably about it. But that is Brewpub, Fury and Sun do really lovely beers. Uh, I had a Pilsner and a Sour, Citra Sour. Is all their production out of that facility? Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, they're about to move in. Uh, by the end of the year, though, I reckon they'll be in Sydney, uh, sorry, New South Wales and Queensland. Yeah, at the fine. Moment, they're mostly are they Victorian. self-distributing or are they going to get something? Uh, like? Not sure. Okay. They also have, they've got another local barbecue guy who's doing the food. So when you walk in, he's got a little pit smoker That's un- in the carport. And it's like an industrial area. You're, you're, you're walking along, you're like, I was just thinking, ah, oh, you know, it's, I can see why a brewery's out here, but it's not a nice place for a brewery. And so you walk past the, the smoking meat and it just, oh. Hello. Yeah. And you walk in, it's a lovely, uh, you know, industrial, nice and spacious, wooden, handmade wooden tables. Uh, their tagline's welcome to the family. Everyone's really friendly. The guy that does the barbecue and his wife, they've got their own little counter um, to, you know, get the food from. And it's just a nice. Yeah, good. Just exactly what you want from a brew pub. Uh, so check that out. It sounds like a winner if you're in the area. Yeah. Uh, it could be a good local. Also Bonehead Brewing in Kensington. I don't, I don't know much about Bonehead. So, yeah, I will have a story about them in Broadsheet coming up soon. Um, they've got four taps, four permanent plus two rotating. They've got a little pilot system. I think it's... 10 Heck Brewery from memory in Kensington near Macaulay Station. Okay. And also near Kensington Station. So it's really easy to get to on the train. Really cool place. Again, kind of, you know, obviously industrial kind of warehousey. Uh, all their arts, like every beer has its own little character. Right. Um, drawn by a Brazilian, I think he's Brazilian uh, filmmaker. Huh. He's a friend of theirs. Uh, so really fun kind that of drawings. Uh, I had the, the highlight for me was the. Prickly pear wit. Okay. So they do a wheat beer and then they put a portion of that onto prickly pink pink prickly beers. So it comes out nice and pink. Of P words. Yep. Yeah. Uh, really, really fun, kind of melony, you know, like watermelon taste, but just not overtly fruity. Yeah, good. Uh, There's a couple of good wits lately that I've enjoyed. That yeah. one from um, Stomping Ground oh, yep. is a ripper. Yeah. It's really good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of died away a little bit, hey? 
I can't think of that many whips. No. Like six string was probably my favorite and that's no longer core for them. I like the, um, I haven't had it in a while, but that first wit from Himmelhund was really good. Oh, yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Besides that, do Red Hills, does they would, oh no, they had a white soon. Yeah. So yeah, Bonehead, they don't do any food, but they've got La Tortera around the corner. Right. Which is like probably the most. Yeah, I've I heard it's supposed to be the most traditional Mexican around. Yeah, there. it's legit. I've eaten there and it's, it's. Like they supply all the tortillas for like all the Mexican places in Melbourne, like yeah, right. uh, Mamacita and stuff. Uh, you know, proper proper corn flour, beautiful tortillas. Uh, and they do takeaway, so you can order your food straight away. Take, take no it worries. In. And there's actually a few good, a few other good places in Kensington. So good fish and chip shop. Oh, you just inspired my non-beer recommendation. Perfect. Well, should we take a short break? And come back with some recos. The timer is going. We are back. Give us a recommendation, Dave. All right. What do you feel like starting with? Uh, Let's do beer. All right. Patreon subscribers will have already heard the recommendation. It was mine from the newsletter. Um... But I really enjoyed the summer season for, or summer farmhouse, sorry, from uh, Sailor's Grave, uh, which was gorgeous a can, by the way, gorgeous can, um, clean, dry season with uh, rhubarb, strawberry, and uh, fennel pollen. Yeah, uh, aged on Chardonnay barrels. I don't think it was aged for a very long time. It's very delicate character, but. Uh, I think it's probably my favorite. It's the best Sailor's Grave beer that I've had, I think. Really, really enjoyable. Yeah, awesome. All the fruit um, was really subtle and the base saison was delicious. Mm. Really good, yeah. I think a lot of their beers, I find them a little bit thin. Yeah. Just palate-wise. Yeah. Like flavor-wise is always on point for me. And I've had the last year's version, I think it was the summer saison as well. And it was like a red bergamot, I think maybe. Yeah. And it was also Asian barrels and it was uh, red in color. So like a red saison, but that was stunning. Um, And I feel like barrel aging really rounds out their beers. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But, um, and I feel like a Chardonnay barrel would, this particular one. Yeah. I couldn't recommend it enough. It was really good. Uh, So if anyone sees it, grab a can because delicious. Uh, Mine is going to be, Seeing as we're at a Pilsner brewery, not drinking Pilsner, I'm going to recommend a Pilsner. Go on. Uh, Lost and Grounded. Hashtag Pilsner Dorks, was it? Yeah, Pilsner Dorks. Send us your Pilsner-related content with that hashtag, please. So, Lost and Grounded. Where are they from? So, they're an English brewery. They had uh, quite attractive labels, am I right? Yeah, Yeah. I can't remember what was on the label. It it looked good, though. Uh, Founded, so Lost and Grounded is... Based in the UK, uh, founded by former Little Creatures head brewer Alex Troncoso. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Um, I've just bought up the label as well, and it's kind of a, a lakeside scene, really sort of illustrated. Yeah, looks, looks gorgeous. Kind of reminds me of the Foreigner Brew Co. Does a little bit um, labels, or sorry, the artwork around this place. It's being imported by Square Keg, I think. So that's the Stone and Wood kind mm-hmm. of offshoot. Uh, I think it was about a month old. Tried to work out based on their bottling date. I think it was a month old. Okay. And it was just gorgeous. Yeah, nice. Lovely. Really crisp. Really like a grainy, snappy, uh, noble hoppy. Just exactly what you want out of it. Yeah, perfect. 
Um, Good wreck. Normally I wouldn't go for a, you know international pills. Just I'd rather that fresh. Why did you? Uh, recommended by uh, recommended by Dan at Otter's Promise. Okay. Uh, I was on there yesterday and I said, Dan, what am I going to drink? And he's like, you want to get the Lost and Ground of Pills? And I was like, you got damn right, yeah. Dan. Yeah. Thank you for that. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah, nice. What do you got for non-beer? Non-beer. Um, yeah, you just jogged my memory all the way from last night. Um, with your Mexican food talk, place that's, I think, relatively new, but um, in... Brighton, so down my way, south east suburbs, uh, a place called Hecho en Mexico, which is made in Mexico. Um, yeah, there's a tragic lack of good Mexican food down my way, and this is a good one. Yeah. So I was there, like, I got taken away from there last night, um, and it was outstanding. So uh, anyone down that way, Hecho en Mexico, really, really good. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mexican food's great. It is. Done right. It's just there used to so be a good. place on North Road called Taco Loco, mm. which is a bad name. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a place was that a, I don't want to go yeah. based on the name. And it was a painted over mirror, uh, window, sorry, storefront, and there was a little bit scratched out, and their storefront was the kitchen. So you walked past the kitchen into what looked like just like a living room, like a house, and it was the best Mexican food that I've had since coming yeah. back from Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and that closed, unfortunately. Um, and no one ever went there because why would you? It did not look good and it was called Taco Loco. Yeah. Uh, it needed a buddy, Matt Preston, to like write about it. Exactly exactly right. But since that place closed, this is easily the best in the area. So, awesome. yeah, Southsiders, get around it. Um, yeah, cool. We'll check it out. I really want to eat Mexican food tonight. Yeah, goddamn, it's good. How about you? So mine is also uh, of the international flavor. Uh, so when we were away in Italy, I discovered this guy called Rick Steves. I think he's really famous in America. Um, he's a travel writer, journalist guy. Right. And every time I like looked up, was looking up, you know, places to eat or whatever, like a lot of the reviews. Why were you looking up places to eat? In Italy? Yeah. So oh, I mean, when you were planning a trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Or okay. when we were there, like, oh, we want to go to Oh, tonight. I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of them were like, you know, Went there based on Rick Steves' recommendation. Like, great. The man can do and no his wrong. his name yeah. just kept on coming up to the point where I'm like, fuck this guy. And then I was looking for like an audio guide or something. I can't remember why. And and I came across his, his audio guide app. Right. And so I downloaded it for the Coliseum. Because uh, you can hire audio guides and all those things. Sure. The, you know, I did one at the, in Pompeii and it was horrible. And quite expensive to hire. How does it work for the audio guide apps? Um, well, so the ones you get, you just punch in a number where you are and listen yeah, to okay. it. But his one, his ones are just so different in terms of it's him and his co-host. I can't remember her name. But she, I think, is a historian. And they basically, they guide you from when you're walking in. So they're like, okay, you're walking in now. Um, it's probably going to be pretty busy here. So while you wait, we're going to tell you a little bit about the history of this. Okay, now you're going to turn left. And they just kind of take you through and they kind of punctuate with funny stories. Um, really like, he's really softly spoken, so he's a really gentle voiced. I did it for the Coliseum and I was just sold. I'm like, I love this guy. So I did it, I also did it for the um, Vatican Museums. And, and I've been to Vatican Museums before with a tour. And it was fun, but a bit painful because it's so crowded and there's massive tour groups. Of course. But you've got this guy in your ears just guiding you the whole way. And the Vatican Museums, I think you could spend like three weeks in there and not see everything. 
Yeah. Like they've estimated how long it would take. And so you need someone you to need tell you. something. Yeah, right. And so this free app comes with a map on your phone and he just like, you're going to walk this way, look down that hall, don't go down there. You might be tempted to. Pretty much nothing. Um, take a moment here, look out the window, this view, and explain. And so it's just really like, and I got, I got near the end and Emma rang me and she had the official guide. She rang me, she's like, I'm stuck at the start. I don't know where I am. And I'm like, just download the Rick Steve one. Just get the app. And I'll wait here. Old RS knows what he's talking about. Yeah. I'll meet and you here. She went from having the worst time, because it's like hot, but it's just so crazy busy and yeah. hot, to by the time I saw her, like half an hour, an hour later, when she finally met me, she's just like, oh, Rick Steves. Rick Steves. <laughs> I love this guy. So we just used his guides. And he's got like city guides. So, you know, like different neighborhoods, um, kind of little tours. That's great. Uh, I could not recommend it enough and if you're going through you can quite often do the early bird tickets or you buy online and you can skip the queue yeah right if you combine that with rick steves mate you're gonna have a good time yeah, yeah and you don't have to pay for expensive tours or expensive hiring audio fantastic he's also a big legalized marijuana like he speaks in congress and stuff so yeah it's really really interesting guy and just yeah good knows rec. his tourism That's great yeah fantastic Couple of strong wrecks there, I reckon. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Where do people find us? Uh, they find uh, myself on Twitter and Instagram at MelbDave. They can shoot us an email, Dave at elevatime.com, Luke at elevatime.com, Facebook. Uh, what's going on on Facebook these days? Much, uh, much? No, no, I'm not really doing what much on to Facebook. Our live streams. We don't never. Yeah. I just. I don't know if the payoff's there for a live stream. Okay. Tell us, tell us what you want from a live stream if, if you're listening. Yeah, tr- true. It just seems like work. You? Where, where do we, of course it does. It is work. Um, at Isle of a Time, Isle of a Time.com. Uh, sign up to a Patreon. If yes. Like $1 gets you a newsletter mostly every week. Uh, I was talking to Emma last night about redesigning it because it's a little bit slapdash. So it's going to look a little bit nicer soon. Check out Hypothetical Institute for my conspiracy theory podcast. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Please, that'd be nice. Yeah. Thanks cool. for listening. Yeah. Thanks for it. Um, if you liked the live show, let us know. If you didn't like it, tell us why maybe. Yeah. Just be nice about it. Yeah. I think this year now that we've got our, our Patreons up and running more, we've got a little bit of cash that we can put into things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the Wildflower Blend. Would really like to, I guess, do things that people want. Because, you know, it's always stuff that we like. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, we know that what we like is the best. Is the best, but Has, hey. hashtag Pilsner talks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you never know; we might be receptive to some feedback. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Dave. See you later.